Jesus said, follow me. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast here at Waynefleet BIC. My name is Julie Adams and I am your host as we walk through life and um, things like that together through the lens of our Anabaptist perspective. I am joined by Pastor Pat, our lead pastor. Welcome, Pastor Pat. Hey, Julie. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. I... Uh... I, I'm not sure that I like being remote as long as we have been, but uh, it, I certainly uh, looking forward to the day today and and our folks that are with us for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So we are in our follow me message mm. series of messages, I should say, and we are just over halfway done. So. Um, follow me we've been discussing three different aspects first it was be with Jesus and we talked about how we have to be with Jesus before we can act like Jesus and so this is the second in our Mm -hmm. act like Jesus and then love like Jesus yes to close it out those are the three um, observations that you see in the New Testament those are the three uh, telltale signs of a Christ follower Mm -hmm. and uh, today um, we're going to talk about Saul to Paul. Saul to Paul. Do you know what Saul means, the na- meaning of the word? I should know, right? Yeah. But I don't. I do. It um, it means prayed for. Prayed for. Yep. Well, he certainly was, or wasn't he? Or asked for. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. I like that. And do you know what Paul means? Uh, was prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Nice try. It means humble. Humble. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I thought so too. And I, I was thinking of that and I thought... I wonder what came uh, first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Did the name? Did they choose? Did names have meanings back then? I don't right. know, but I, I just thought that was really interesting. Well, Saul was an interesting fella. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had a wonderful upbringing from the standpoint of uh, he didn't grow up in the slums anywhere. His his family was wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, they were in some type of manufacturing because he knew how to sew tents and mm-hmm. make tents. So, uh, but his family was wealthy, Jewish family. They were Roman citizens living in Tarshish, which would now be southern Spain. And um, what's interesting is that they had to buy their um, citizenship. So that would have been costly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he grew up in a, in a fairly uh, wealthy home and his education, he studied um, with one of the, what you would consider the Harvard education of the day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, uh, Gamaliel, this great uh, Jewish teacher. And so uh, he was very benefited in his life. And, and he grew up as a Pharisee, which was the Orthodox Jew, the, mm-hmm. the very conservative Jewish religion. And he hated Jesus Christ. Um, and if you think about it, um, he believed, as the Pharisees did, this is interesting, they, they believed they could usher in the Messiah coming if they had enough people who were obeying the Old Testament law? That that ah. was that was the ground rules. Obey the obey the law, and the and the Messiah will come. So I I have to believe that he was really upset with um, Christ followers because they were saying it's not the law; it's Jesus fulfilled the law, mm-hmm. and that and that he died on the cross 
and bore our sins upon himself and, and went into the grave and came out three days later. And, and so um, this was di- distracting people yeah. from uh, obeying the law because they're hearing a different message. So I think that's why the intensity that he had for hating Jesus and Christ followers was so intense. Um, it's uh, Hate is a... It's such a a powerful emotion that uh, he held because the bitterness that went along with it. And uh, do you remember in Acts chapter 6, remember Stephen, uh, the early church leader? uh, Do you remember what happened to him in that chapter? He was martyred for his, his, uh, remember that? Yes. Okay, so he was stoned. Yes. And uh, not in a good way. Uh, he, he was, uh, not in a happy way, <laughs> uh, but he was stoned. That's how they, um, that's how they punished people taking these rocks. And sometimes they were rocks that two hands would have to carry mm-hmm. and they threw them at the heads and chest area, literally to kill people. Oh, that's sounds terrible. I know it's very barbaric. Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, it's, it's, I can't imagine God doing that. And yet, no. They felt like they're doing God a favor. I guess most religious terrorists do think they're somehow yep. pleasing God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so poor, uh, poor um, Stephen said, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. And I just somehow think that maybe that just sat in Paul's crawl, mm-hmm. you know, or Saul's crawl. And, uh, and I think this... He, he was intimidated, and I think it bothered him to hear that kind of grace and love. I think that's why he was so vicious mm-hmm. in his going after Christians, you know. But it's interesting that on a nice sunny day on the way to Damascus, um, he has this experience, this unforgettable trip. And um, you ever had an unforgettable trip in a good way or a bad way? Oh, yeah, I have. We almost missed a flight once. It was quite oh. the dramatic story of running. We had to catch a connecting flight in Chicago, and oh. uh, because of de-icing, yeah. we were late getting there. Mm. And we asked the stewardess, can you hold the plane? And she said, sorry, there's not a way for me to get a message to them. So we had nine minutes to sprint from one end of the Chicago airport oh, to the other. I've done it. I know what you're saying. Oh, and we had the kids with Oof. us and we were like we were like throwing elbows to get through the crowd to get there and they were about to close the gate. We made it. And wow. thankfully uh, my husband Tom, he's got long legs, so he was he running got there first. and yep, and I was kind of bringing up the rear to make sure that we didn't <laughs> lose a kid on the way and That would be an unforgettable trip. It certainly was. We were all huffing and puffing. I had a security guard cheer me on on yeah, the way. Yeah, it yeah. was it was quite uh, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> our unforgettable trip is we went to Botswana, Carol and I did, with a group from our church for a, a missions trip, and uh, we got all the way there. Our luggage didn't catch up with us, and and yet in the middle of the night, I woke up, sat up, bolt straight in the bed, and said, Carol, I don't have your suitcase. And she said, well, none of us do. Remember, we didn't get our luggage at the airport. I said, Carol, I didn't bring your suitcase for this 12-day trip in Botswana. Oh, no. That was unforgettable. That was unforgettable. Mm-hmm. We had to scurry for clothes. We That cost me a, 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 a jewelry shop trip in mm-hmm. Johannesburg. Yep. And a couple of concerts when we got home. <laughs> 
So it was, <laughs> it was an unforgettable trip. Well, Saul had an unforgettable trip on the Damascus Road. He was going to be Hurricane Saul. He was going to swoop down on 30 or 40 synagogues in Damascus and route out the Christ followers, the people of the way. And, um, and God had other plans, and this bright light mm -hmm. shines, and he drops to his knees, and he looks up, and there's Jesus. And, and he said, who are you? I'm, and he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. And I can only imagine Saul going, whoa, you are real. Yeah. You are alive, you know. And, and then he says those famous words, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yep. And that's, that's how you know that that was uh, an amazing trip for Saul to become a follower of Jesus because the very first things in the belief of his heart, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. How long after Jesus was crucified did this happen? You know, uh, uh, Saul and Jesus were about the same age. Okay. And so this, this would have been somewhere probably uh, within five years mm -hmm. after Jesus. And so he would have been a guy in his um, uh, late 30s yep. when he came to know the Lord. And when he got saved, um, people were scared of him. They didn't know if he really was the real deal. Mm, or if and, he was faking you know, it. Is he faking it? Is he mm -hmm. trying to trap us? So do you think that's part of the reason that his name that he changed, oh, the, you know, for the name change. I hadn't thought of it like that, but that sure makes sense, right? Yeah, I've yeah. often wondered that. Like, was it, uh, yeah. was he ashamed of his past, so yeah. he changed his name? Was he, you know? Mm. Well, you know, we all have a story. I, uh, mm -hmm. um, it, it was um, Oscar Wilde, uh, the Irish playwright. He, he used to say that um, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And I, I got to believe that Paul was the poster boy for that saying because his past was, uh, although he followed the law, he had this heart of hatred and, mm -hmm. and wanted to do harm to people. And then on the Damascus Road, his whole life changed. Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and so I think when anybody was around him, they saw, you, you can't fake this. Yeah. You know? And so I hadn't thought of it like that, but maybe Paul was this new beginning, right? Because mm -hmm. it wasn't very long after he came and gave his life to Christ that they began calling him Paul. And so uh, this humility that was yeah. born out of this vicious hate, hate that this guy had, that's, that's a great thought. And so his life changed. And I, I think that there's people who would say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, does that mean that your name's on the roll at a church? Does it mean that, yeah, you think Jesus is a good guy and his teachings were good? Does it mean you're not Catholic? <laughs> yeah, does that mean you're not Catholic? Does it mean you're not Muslim? You know, so mm -hmm. uh, I love how Jesus, he says, follow me. They left their nets, everything, and followed him. Mm -hmm. And f being a follower of Jesus, I think, says it all, yeah. you know? And because if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to want to be with him. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to act like he does. You're going to want to love like he does. Those are the three characteristics that we're identifying during this six-week series. And boy, this guy meets every one of them. Yep. You know, his whole life changed uh, in a moment when he opened his heart and life. And I think 
Julie, any time any of us will say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Our life is going to change, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not the religious thing to do. It is this brand new nature inside of us that we just can't help but ask, Lord, what do you mm-hmm. want me to do? Does it say anywhere in the Bible that um, when he became Paul, he slipped back into his Saul characteristics? Ah, we don't we don't have anything that says that i i think uh we see a couple of places where he gets angry yeah you know i i think he probably had a temper probably mm-hmm. had a pretty biting tongue if he wanted to have it just from some of the ways he addresses things mm-hmm. in his books but i think the thing about paul is he says in philippians which we're going to start studying after this um, nice. but he says Forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I really think he was consumed with not so much looking back, but pushing forward. I just love that Mm -hmm. about a follower of Jesus. They get a brand new future. You know, the past is the past. There's nothing we can do about that. But boy, the future is a blessing. And, um, Every saint has a past, mm-hmm. <laughs> and every sinner has a future. I love that quote. I mm-hmm. do too, and that certainly, that certainly sums up Saul. So I would say to our folks who are listening today, you know, um, are you a follower of Jesus? Is it in your heart, do you find yourself saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do? That's mm-hmm. very key to really understanding whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. Mm-hmm. And I hope our folks will think about this on uh, on our podcast day and um, kind of sit with it and think on it. Um, Paul's life changed when he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, these uh, are some, uh, this series is really, uh, I just find it such a great beginner series and mm-hmm. it's such a great for someone who's, you know, way down the road to do some there's a lot of self-reflection i find in this series which is so so important that is Mm. so true i love how you say that because whether you whether you're just sticking your toe in the water and want Mm -hmm. to understand what it means to follow jesus or whether you are somebody who maybe for years now decades now have done so it it brings us back to it do i want to be with him do i act like jesus Mm -hmm. Do I love like Jesus? I think those are great things for us to ask. And uh, let's don't forget, Lord, what do you want me Mm -hmm. to do? You know, there's always space to draw closer Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Always, always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good word. Well, Pat, I think that uh, concludes our time together here today. So thank you very much. Um, if you need to get in touch with Pastor Pat, if you want to have a, a chat or if you want to talk or have any other questions, please feel welcome to email Pat, pat at waynefleetbic.com. And if you have any questions for me or uh, podcast suggestions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you as well. My email is julie at waynefleetbic.com. And we hope that you have a great week and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Have a great week. You are loved and thought about. And in these days of separation, we are still united by Jesus. We are the church unleashed. God bless you. Have a great week.